welcome once again to the Rec Poker Podcast, sponsored as always by Running Aces Racetrack Casino and Hotel and website AMP. And we have another one of our chats edition of the podcast, and we are going to be speaking with Bernard Lee. Uh, you guys know who he is. He's a poker player. Uh, he's the host of the Bernard Lee Poker Show. He's an author. He's got a brand new book, Poker Satellite Success, that we're going to be digging into. And maybe, just maybe, we'll talk a little bit about Deuce to Seven uh, and his entrance into the rec poker home games. So we'll talk about that. But before we jump into Bernard, let's introduce the panel. My name is Steve Fredland. I go by Rec Poker Steve. I almost said my name is Rec Poker Steve. That's how many times we've <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I am Rec Poker Steve in the home game. Um, and I have a quote from David Einhorn. He's the founder and president of Greenlight Capital. He said, both poker and investing are games of incomplete information. You have a certain set of facts and you're looking for situations where you have an edge, whether the edge is psychological or it's statistical. And I'm uh, Chris Jones. I'm 5x5 five five on Poker Stars and Twitter. And uh, I just want to share this weekend, I got slow rolled by aces with kings. And my kings four flushed them, so it felt pretty good. <laughs> so good. That's the <laughs> sweet revenge, Chris. Uh, my name is Jim Reed. You can learn all about me by going to rec.poker slash Jim. And I'm just here to say that it's kind of, it's do or do not. There is no try. Oh. I'm John Somsky, Poker Geek MN everywhere. And I have a quote from Rick Bennett. In the long run, there is no luck in poker, but the short run is longer than most people know. <laughs> And I'm Rob Washam, and I'm Ramman 50 everywhere. And in the words of Tommy Angelo, there's two reasons to meditate. One is for yourself, and two is for everyone else. <laughs> nice. Oh, man, good stuff, guys. Well, uh, just a couple of teasing things. As you guys know, at the end of the podcast, we're going to do all the uh, community happenings. We're going to be talking about who won the home games. Uh, so if you're listening in to, on who won the pins, who's winning the home games, that's going to come after the interview. We'll also talk about the seminars, the book studies, all the stuff we have going on. But before that, uh, let's bring him in. Uh, Bernard Lee, welcome back to the Rec Poker Podcast. Thank you. I appreciate it. I feel like I have to have a quote. So I'm going to give you guys a quote. Okay. This is a quote that um, leads into what I have at the end of my show. So I always say to people, you can't get lucky if you always go in with the best hand. You can only get unlucky. It's true. And that ultimately leads into what I say at the end of all my radio shows, which is about to hit its 14th year. May you always go in with the best hand and may you never get unlucky. Wow. That's yeah. If we could figure that deal out, we'd be in good shape. I love deep. That. That's deep, man. That's deep. Dude. I don't even like to drop the mic and we're just done here. I think, you know, it's a good show. Uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, as there always, pleasure, pleasure to chat with you, sir. But you mentioned the 14th year. Uh, how is that going, man? How, how is the run going? How have you sort of morphed over the years? What's kind of the current situation with the Bernard Lee poker show? Yeah, so next month, it's uh, in May, it's the 14th anniversary. Um, I, I Really, it's crazy to say it's 14. And you're only 24 years old, which makes Yeah, it there you go. Yeah, I started when I was 10, yeah. Um, actually, I can play in the seniors event. Even last year, I could have played in the Me seniors Me too. Event. I turned 51. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, <clears throat> so um, when I first started um, 2005, in my, my deep run of the World Series, <clears throat> it ended up being that the, the poker stars asked me to write a blog. And that blog ended up, which was, they thought it was only going to be a couple pages, ended up being 26 single space pages. Mm -hmm. It went as viral as viral could be back then in 2005. And ESPN, the Boston Herald, card player, et cetera, they became their writer. Ergo, that's kind of what my media career started. But a couple years later, my Boston Herald poker editor said, hey, you know, I love your stories. Every week we would talk about the column and then I would give kind of the background of the story. And he goes, why don't you start a radio show? And I, I literally came out of left field and I was like, what? I mean, we're, we're talking about our column. Where did a radio show come from? He goes, I just love the stories you tell. And I would assume that you have a lot of stories to talk about with people that you know in the business. And I don't know, it just kind of was like, eh, why not give it a shot? So threw out my uh, resume and name to a couple of the radio stations and one of them, it hit. Next thing you know, in Boston, it was a sports radio show. I, I got it. And it's, uh, it's actually still on in Boston uh, for at a station um, in addition to the podcast. 
And it's just kind of worked out fantastic. It's led to a lot of other things, it led to the ESPN show. The funny thing is my original producer actually moved over to ESPN. And so when I was interviewing uh, for that show, I called him up to get advice. And that when, when I did my, my test, they, they literally said, what other shows has Bernard been on? They're like, he's never done a show for us. He goes, he's a freaking natural. Like he knows exactly what to do. And it was really, in, in all honesty, if any of you know MMA, uh, his name is John Anik. He's one of the announcers for the MMA. And he just, he literally helped me through the whole thing. So we're excited. Again, 14th anniversary. Um, we, we have some really good guests coming on this year. Chris Moneymaker, he's going to talk about uh, uh, amazingly uh, 18 years since he won, um, but also um, uh, his new role with ACR. We're going to talk with Maury Escandani, who has become the president of PokerGo and, and obviously just got inducted into the Hall of Fame. And then uh, really an exclusive interview that uh, I don't think anyone can say they have an interview with him. Uh, Jack Binion is going to be on the on the show. So oh, nice. Really, really cool. Yeah. Be really cool. Do, you have, do you have a date for that one yet at all? Or? Uh, we're still deciding on the order uh, of what yeah. we're going to do, but in May, um, it'll, it'll, they'll all be coming out. So we're pretty excited about well, it. Well, congrats, man. That's fantastic. So keep reinventing yeah. yourself, keep coming up with new materials and keeping it fresh. And that sounds like you're, you're having a fun time doing it too, right? Yeah. I mean, we just did like <laughs> with the 10th anniversary of Black Friday, you know, again, having yeah. been done for 14 years, I kind of went, hmm let's go back to that old one and listen to it. And I listened to it and it was like, wow, how bizarre to listen to it and see what it was like that one moment in time. Mm. And so I said, you know what, I got to replay this because it's just cool to hear what it was like that day. Cause it happened. And then a few days later we aired our show and it's like, you know, it was like panic. You could hear it in everyone's voices. Oh my God, do you know what just happened? Blah, blah, blah. And I still remember like going online and seeing that like, you, you know, United States Department of Justice emblem yeah. on your computer and uh, people talking about, uh, thankfully, I didn't really have much money on there at all. Um, ironically, the only reason I had some money on full tilt was somebody had owed me money and they transferred me money on full tilt just a month earlier. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, it, thankfully, it was only hundreds. It wasn't yeah. like thousands. Um, and I wasn't in the mood to like try to get the government to give me a few hundred back where I fully believe that if, if people were asking for their money back, the government was going to start now looking at all of your, your, your taxes. Mm -hmm. And I was like, not that I have anything to hide, but like they say, you never want to get audited. Yeah. Is there anything you'd like to share, get off your chest right here on the Red Poker podcast? Yeah, I mean, like, why, why, why have your, the government, why have the government look at your stuff just to look at your stuff? I don't need that. What, what are you hiding from the IRS? I mean, feel free. We're, you're among family here. Feel free to. I, I got nothing to hide. Trust me. Go ahead. Knock your socks off. My accountant will back me all the way. Is there anything that surprised you as you, as you went back and listened to those tapes? I mean, obviously it was, it was interesting, I'm sure, to go back and hear the emotion. But was there anything that, like, looking back that surprised you that was what people were feeling, what people were saying? Uh, now I think I think the funny, the, the interesting thing was the the, the thought of, what are people going to do? Are people going to move overseas? How long is this going to last? Is this going to be like a prohibition? And a few years later, we're back, you know, 10 years, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then like, obviously COVID has made online poker really a resurgence uh, of online poker. Um, you know, there were some people that said like, this is the biggest online poker days that they've had in over a decade. Mm -hmm. And obviously it's because of literally people couldn't leave their house. And so what else would you do but play online poker? And now here in the US, not only the Nevadas, the um, Delawares and the New Jersey's, but now Pennsylvania, now Michigan, both of them blowing their estimates out of the water. Now, you know, you're just, other states are gonna kind of look at each other and be like, hmm, it's working for them. Right. Why don't we just pick up some free money? Like, I mean, that, that's really what it comes down to. And then as you start getting conglomerates. So I think somebody had made a prediction that five years from now, when we have the 15th anniversary, we may have a significant online poker presence in the United States again, which would be great, obviously. Um, and then just, you know, kind of go from there. It, it's recently just come to my attention that perhaps Jim Reed is to blame for Black Friday. Uh, he went and got married. It was the last day of his honeymoon when the news broke. And I, I have a feeling there's some connection. Jim, is, is that right? It, the, the heavens opened up. It started raining and I get all these alerts on my phone. It's like, oh yeah, something is going down today. And that's what it was. <laughs> but you get for getting married. So that's, yeah, yeah. Big day. <laughs> I'm curious, Bernard, kind of your, your take then, 
you talk about, you know, kind of the, maybe the boom here in online, what's going to happen with all the states. But uh, obviously a fairly recent announcement was the World Series going live in Vegas at the end of the year. Um, any any take on that? Any surprise? Any trepidation? Any what, what sort of your reaction to that happening uh, later this year? Yeah, I think it's a good question. Um, before it came out, I think that it's it's uh, it's a catch twenty two, right? The World Series is a annual tradition. Obviously, it was halted last year, and people want to get back out and playing. And and you can see by certain states that are holding tournaments like Florida, like like Las Vegas, um, the interest is there. Yeah. The states are the tournaments are booming. Um, you know, the, the WPT at, at, at Seminole Hard Rock, I think had like a million dollar guarantee, whatever it was like $3 million. I mean, it's just crazy how yeah. they're blowing these out of the water. <clears throat> the, the, the issue that I would face if I was part of the World Series is that the last thing you ever want to do is be known as a super spreader. Mm-hmm. And there have been certain companies that have been associated. I don't, I don't need to go with through those, but there have been some companies. We're not talking about poker related, just outside. And you don't want to have your name tagged to a super spreader. The World Series of Poker is not a domestic event. It is an international event where people are going to be coming in from all over the world. So how are you going to mandate? How are you going to check? How are you going to understand if someone was vaccinated, if they weren't, et cetera, et cetera. And so I think that that could be a major issue. And if you state that, oh, well, 99% of all the people that are gonna come to the World Series will be vaccinated or something along those likes. Okay, great. So how many people will be there at the World Series? 10,000? So now you're saying that 100 people will not be vaccinated and or could have the, et cetera. I'm not trying to create panic. That's not my point. But my point is, is that you have so many, this isn't 100 people, folks. This is thousands. And if anything, on big weekends, tens of thousands. And now you are asking, you know, I'm not going to get political. What I'm just saying is there are many different people who have many different views. And you have some people who are in the camp of, I don't need a vaccine. I don't believe in this. Well, if there's 1% in there who are like that, and then they told two friends, and then they told two friends, Mm -hmm. and you you guys remember that commercial. It's a lot of people. Okay. And so that would be my concern. I'm free and clear. I got vaccinated, right? So literally on, on Wednesday, um, uh, April 21st, I am 100%, you know, great. But we're all going to need boosters from what they just said, and et cetera, et cetera. And I still could potentially carry it asymptomatically and give it to somebody. So that's that would be a concern, right? So that's a slight concern with regards to all of it. So what happens if somebody tests positive? What are you going to do? Like, so just throw it out. Somebody got somebody gets sick and the World Series of Poker knows that this person tests positive. Are you now not going to tell every single person who was in the Amazon room or the pavilion room that, by the way, table 135 yesterday, the guy was playing there all day and he has just tested positive. What are you going to do? There's a lot of things that could happen. Again, I'm not, I'm probably going to go. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I probably yeah. will go. I went last year to the online down to New Jersey, like a freaking knucklehead to play in five events. When I told myself there's no way I would go because the, you know, all the Ron McMillions of the world and the Michael Lex of the world and the Ryan DePaulo's of the world, they're going, woohoo, I have a bracelet. Suddenly I went, Ugh, I'm going to go and try to win a bracelet. You I wanted mean, to go do that, that parking lot. Yeah, I won the woohoo kind of the thing. You know? Crap in Jesus. The problem, like for 15 on, years. Man. Why can't I get a woohoo, right? I Bernard freaking Lee. Come on. Yeah, give me exactly. dance. Well, I, I don't know about the Bernard freaking Lee, but I just want the woohoo. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> no kidding, right? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think that, you know, there's a lot of issues that could come with it. For sure. And we'll see how it all plays out. But you know, I, I don't care what side of the fence you're on. This ain't over. You know, yeah. I don't care if every one of us gets, this ain't over. Yeah. And it's still going to be 
you know, six to nine months before we're even close to saying that we've gotten it somewhat under control. And that's if everything goes well. I mean, you're listening to countries that are saying like there's the, the largest supplier of the vaccine over in India, they're out. Okay, well, India is a pretty big country. You know, I mean, there are a lot of big com- countries that are out and now you, are there going to be issues with some of these vaccines? I mean, you gotta remember, it's amazing that vaccines came out in less than a year. So some of these things went through real fast and there were a lot of corners cut. That doesn't mean that they don't work. That doesn't mean that it didn't. And it's amazing what science can do. But, you know, J&J's just got halted. Again, I'm not saying it's bad or good or whatever. Maybe it's just preventative and just cautionary. But again, I, 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 I am definitely one that would be more on the cautious side than saying, mm-hmm. What do you need to wear a mask for? You know, I still wear a mask and I'm, I'm vaccinated. So for better or worse. Yeah. So, Chris, by the way, I'm jumping off my soapbox. now. That's, that's all right. You know. Yeah, no, I, well, I just want to jump on uh, that. Just the train of thought, because I think it's a really fascinating topic. And I, you know, I agree with you. There's sort of all these things, but actually one of the things I was reading about that I hadn't even thought about um, with uh, the world series is, you know, I'm always every year I've been, I'm just, you know, obviously there's things that go wrong and you have like the Colossus and there's people waiting outside, you know, things, but, but for the most part, it's a fantastically amazingly run event and it requires so many people involved. And what I was reading about was a worry about the dealer capacity and the Taylor table capacity for an event like this. Like, are they going to be able to, you know, accommodate all the thousands of people that want to come play. Like, are, are you going to have a waiting list to get into a tournament? And I don't know if you've heard anything about that, but what, what do you think about that at all? It's a great point because you also think about it. So <clears throat> how many handed are we going to be? Are we going to be 10 handed? I doubt it. Mm-hmm. Right. I doubt it. Yeah. If you are going to put a plexiglass, you know, mm-hmm. eight hand is probably the biggest you can do. Now you're going to do plexiglass. If you're going to do plexiglass, the World Series is going to put up 150 plexiglass things. Okay, if they do it, holy cost, because it's really not going to be forever, right? right? But they may have to do it because that's what they're going to do. Okay, if you're going to go eight-handed, you just now reduce the capacity by 20%. So now if, if the Colossus is sold out normally, what are you going to do? Is it going to be reduced by 20%? There's so much pent up demand right now that I'm not really sure if it's going to be down. It may be up. Mm-hmm. So now you've got a lot of other issues with regards to that. Right. And, and for those people who are listening that have never been to the world series, my first suggestion is go. I'm not saying necessarily this year, <laughs> but go, it is a spectacle to be yeah. seen. It is our Super Bowl. It is our World Series. Well, Joe, ha, World Series. It is our, you know what I'm saying, every championship, Olympics, whatever you want, that's what it is. I mean, I've had this conversation with many people in the media. Maybe we take it for granted. We're there all the time. My background in, in my Zoom is the World Series mothership from ESPN, the main event, final, the final table. We take it for granted. But if you've never done this before, it is truly unbelievable. It's why I started a, a kind of <clears throat> tour company for several years called Blaycation. And uh, we brought people on for their bucket list vacation. And it was just amazing for these people. And you really get a joy of watching their eyes oh, yeah. open up and, and them see it like for the first time. So it is an incredible spectacle, but it'll be very interesting to see what happens. You know, people are literally elbow to elbow playing in tournaments, coughing, sneezing, wiping away. What the heck is going to be going on? I mean, instead of every single table at every single seat having a, you know, power jack, are you going to have like a squeeze pump with hand sanders? I mean, Mm -hmm. Anyway, like I said, it'll be very interesting to see. I've said that all, and I'm telling you, I probably am going to go. So I'm not saying I'm not going. Right. But, but it concerns. will definitely be and, – and I will say that if the concerns uh, escalate to more than I expected, uh, I'm turning right around and going home. Yeah, as right? Kitty says I'm in the chat, gonna, the, good, the good old Rio sickness, right? That's it's a it's a real yeah. Thing. That's already it's already there, right? Everybody we already have that. Sometimes the faucets, 
<clears throat> right. So we already have the Rio sickness. We're not talking about COVID. So no, for sure. You know, whatever it well, might be. Well, thanks for sharing your, your thoughts on that. I know obviously it's on a lot of our minds as recreational players as well as pros. Like, what's that going to look like? And I know it's still five months away, but you know, we're starting to think, is this something we're going to do? We're not going to do. I'm going to go. I, we're going to have rec poker people there, but yeah. Boy, I really encourage you, you know, go there if you're immunized and then still try not to spread right. the thing. But look, right. let's be, shift gears a little safe. bit. I, I know safe. we could talk for hours on that. Let's shift gears a little bit because I want to make sure we get to your book because I'm fascinated now. You, you've written books in the past, but it's been a little while since you found the time to write books yeah. uh, because of everything else you have going on. But you wrote a book recently. I think it just releases in April, actually, from D&B Publishing. It literally uh, officially released this week. Yeah. This week. So what? So this releases on the 27th of April. So it'll be oh, out. So right? last week. So it'll be, it'll, be, it'll be out, right? So poker satellite success. So, you know, you've written books before, you're plugged in, you got the radio show, you got all the stuff you're doing. You could have written about anything, poker related, either strategy or industry or whatever. Uh, right. you, you chose to write about uh, satellites. So I'm kind of curious the decision and what brought you to that point. Yeah, so it's kind of been a process throughout the whole thing. Back in 2015, uh, Jonathan Little had a book come out called Excelling in No Limit Hold'em. Mm -hmm. And what he basically did was ask 16 different authors to write a section of the book. It's his super system. And so based off of that, um, I was very honored that he asked me. I was one of those people that he asked to write. And he said, you know, you can choose any section. Um, and I had been at that time doing a lot of presentations. I still do do a lot of seminars on the run good poker series at the world series circuits, etc. And one of the topics that was always extremely well received was my satellite seminar. Um, I would also do the satellite seminar right before an actual satellite. So on run goods, like they may hold their satellite at noon and then have flight one a at seven. So I would hold this seminar at 10 o'clock mm -hmm. and people would come and it would be totally free. We'd come and they'd come and listen and then they'd go play. And I still remember one in Run Good. I did it. Uh, a couple of people were there uh, asking very specific questions. After the seminar, I left, went to the room. I was coming back down to play 1A, came down and played 1A. And I still remember the person running over to me going like, I got my seat. Oh. I did it because of you. And I was like, this is awesome, right? And so obviously the seminar... Um, had some success. And so uh, when Jonathan asked me to write a section, I got, actually, I have a really good section to write. I think this is a really good one. And so I wrote it. Uh, again, when you write a, a section, it's only about 10,000 words. Um, so I wouldn't say I left things out, but I couldn't add extraneous stuff that could add some value. So about 2018, um, I was there at the World Series and DMB uh, Publishing, which is pretty much like the, the number one publishing for poker, they published that book. And I had gone by uh, the desk and I knew the guys there. Um, and they said, hey, Bernard, you got some time. We'd love to chat with you about something. I said, yeah, sure. Well, what's up? And they said, you know, your section on satellites, just so you know, it's really well received. I go, oh, thanks. I've had a lot of people actually ask me to sign the book. Um, if we have some time, I have a really cool story about that. But um, so he said, hey, would you ever be interested in writing a full book about it? Because we've had a lot of people ask us if we're ever going to come out with a book. And I said, yeah, why not? I mean, who's going to turn down to be able to write a book? I mean, the pub, top poker publishing company is going to ask you to write a book. You know, you write a book. And they throw $5 million at you. I mean, who's yeah, yeah. Sort of divided by a lot. Uh, and then, then maybe that's what I got. But anyway, still, it's, it's a very nice, uh, offer. I thought it was fantastic. I said, let's go for it. And so we originally thought about getting it in time for 2019, but we said, hey, listen, let's do this right. So we said 2020 and it was done. I mean, literally before COVID hit, it was done. And then of course, COVID hit. Mm -hmm. And so now we have to put it on hold. So we waited. We didn't do the final edit. I think we finished it up in like October or November. Um, it's been done for about a year. I mean, we did add a few things here and there over time. And uh, it's been ready, ready to rock and roll. And that's kind of how that book kind of came about. And uh, it was a perfect time to release it. We, we thought about releasing it early in January, February, but it was a perfect time to release it with the World Series announcing that they are coming out. Hey, listen, people are going to try to qualify for the World Series main event. So it was a perfect time to release the book. Is, is, there, a, is there a target? I mean, satellites kind of play like satellites wherever you are, but are you sort of targeting a certain, is it really targeted, written toward the main event satellite, like the high dollar satellites, or is it just as applicable for 
somebody playing a $75 tournament to get into a 300 or, you know, what's. Yeah. I never, I never, when I talk about it, I always refer to it as a main event seat. And I specifically say, whatever your main event is, your main event could be a $200 event at a world series circuit event. It could be the run good, which is a 675. It could be the world series main event at 10,000. It's irrelevant. That's irrelevant. This is a satellite to win a seat in an event. And that's what the definition of a satellite is. The definition of a satellite is not to win a seat into the main of world series of poker main event. It's to win a seat into an event that is of higher value or buy-in that under a lot of circumstances, you normally couldn't buy in. That's not always the case, right? Like people play in satellites to buy into a 675. They could buy into a 675, but they say, hey, why not? Let's take a shot and try to win it for a cheaper price. So it really is very applicable to any satellite that you play in, even if you aren't going to the World Series of Poker, but you play in local events. It doesn't have to even be a tour. It could be just a local Casino that's having their monthly main event, which is a 250 buy-in, they're having a $50 satellite. This definitely can be applicable to that. So that's actually one question I had, Bernard. Um, when we're mostly talking about recreational players like us, we're taking shots at these big tournaments every once in a while. Is there one sort of common mistake that uninitiated players or not bad players, don't get me wrong, we're not beginner players. It's just that we're thoughtful amateurs. Is there one one classic mistake that we're making in these situations? Yeah, you play the event like it's a tournament. The satellite mm. is not a tournament. The satellite mm. is not a tournament, flat out. Um, you, you play it like you're trying to win every single chip. And um, that is the classic mistake. I have seen players absolutely blow up with three mm. levels to go where I'm not joking, they don't have to play another hand. And they will say, yeah, but I had queens. I go, so what? I don't really understand. Like, so you're going to take a chance to win more chips when you don't need another chip. Like if you already finished the, the finish line in a marathon and other people are still waiting to get there, what are you going to turn back around and go back and then come back again? Like you, you're done. Like, why are you have to keep going? Um, one of the sections in the book that I'm that I added that I couldn't add previously um, and ironically, when I was asked to write the book, this was actually the first chapter I wrote because obviously the ins and outs of the early levels and the middle levels and all that was all the outline was all there. I added it to it, but the outline was all there. But this section wasn't even written was real life scenarios. So I actually have written uh, it's like 30 pages of real life tournament situations. This isn't made up. These are eight specific situations that I lived through that all relate to specific topics that I touch upon in the book, right? So the first section is all about important terms and concepts. Prior to that, I even talk about the history of the, of the satellite. Um, but then sections two through six are all about prior to the start of the event, early, middle, late levels, and on the, on the bubble. So really like what you are doing during the satellite itself. But the last four sections, I think, are sections that really add tremendous value that it's, listen, you, anyone can talk about how to play a satellite. And there are specifics that you've got to learn. And there are some formulas in here that even Johnson Little said in his, uh, one of his comments is like, I didn't know this formula. This is kind of cool that I know it. And the formula is how to calculate the ending blind level of the satellite, which is very important to know. Um, but I wrote these other four, four chapters that, these are the chapters that really were added on, right? And it's almost like half the book of add-ons. One, like I said, that last ch chapter, which was real life scenarios. Uh, before that one was practical examples or practice examples where I give you these formulas, I give you these situations, what would you do? Those weren't real. Some of them are based on true stories, but basically what would you do? Um, another one is like kind of like, whether it's satellites for preliminary events, like we talked about, um, other players not playing properly and how to play against them, um, folding aces. It sounds ridiculous, but there is definitely a situation in satellites to fold aces. I actually wrote a column about it on ESPN.com. It was the most commented column in ESPN poker history. Um, people range from, you're an idiot, Bernard, to, wow, that is an unbelievably cool idea. And 
amazingly, about six to nine months later, the exact situation happened live at a World Series circuit um, uh, satellite for in Atlantic City, a $5,000 seat. It happened literally right in front of me. So I called my editor up and I go, you remember that column that no one believes could ever happen in real life? It just happened. I'm going to write it up tonight, po post it tomorrow. He was like, okay, relax. <laughs> um, and then there's another section in there, which I think not many people realize on satellites that can be done, but actually happens a lot is deal making in satellites. It's not something that you would think that would actually happen, but it happens all the time at the World Series of Poker. I mean, I would say half of the uh, half of the uh, satellites that I play in, there's some deal made. So that's really kind of how I, you know, kind of structured the book and uh, the the real life scenarios. In my opinion, I love that section because you get to read those scenarios, live those without having to suffer through those and not know what to do. Because I will tell you these real life scenarios, they all didn't work out in my favor. You understand? Some of them, I got screwed or I screwed up. And so I give you the trials and tribulations in addition to the successes, you know, WPT $10,000 seat for Foxwood's main event. One guy was short stacked, tried to make a deal we all agreed except the chip leader and we and we kept playing instead of saying okay you know what chip leader you get your full seat everyone else give him a little money will he walk away by the way at the end of the whole thing he was a good friend of mine he said i would have done that yeah but i didn't think about that at the time oh guess who's the one that goddamn bubbled <laughs> be me right so Anyway, like I said, the real life scenarios, I love it because it's really, truly what happened. Um, and, you know, we, I write the whole scenario out and at the bottom of each of those pages, I go, what would you do? And then, by the way, I, I, I leave it blank because I don't want you to know. I want you to really think about it. Then you turn the page and it says, this is what happened. And yeah. then there's another section that says, so this is what I learned from it. And I love this chat. I really, I'm sorry, I'm going to to my own horn, but I love this chapter because I really think that when, when I had a few people read it, every single person to the T said, I love that last chapter. That is so cool that now it really all comes together because it, and, and at the beginning of each of the, the things, I write down what the key concepts are too. So like you can understand, oh, I'm going to learn about this in the, in the concept. Love it. Well, as, as somebody who's folded aces probably 10 times in satellites, like I never even thought it was a big deal until somebody said it was a big deal. I'm like, it's why it never made any logical sense to play them. And in those cases, I was sitting there as a courtesy to everybody else. So I didn't realize it was a big deal till, till like some people like you write stuff and the people chime. I'm like, oh, I didn't know it was a big deal. So yeah. I, I'm kind of curious. I want to I want to talk about one more thing about satellites, and then we want to talk a little bit of Deuce to Seven, and then we got to wrap up because our, our time is almost up. But one thing about satellites, I'm curious, and you can feel free to totally uh, lamb base my my idea here, but. A lot of recreational players, when they first start playing tournaments, um, they end up getting that 10, 15, 20% level. And then maybe they min cash, maybe they don't, but they never run deep. And so one of the one of the guidances I've given them is maybe just play satellites for a while um, to try to build your bankroll a little bit. Now, you know, obviously it plays very different than like tournaments, but what I found is that a lot of these recreational players are very good at being, you know, at the tightly getting to that top 10% or the top 20%, whatever that satellite is to kind of build a bankroll before they learn the skills that actually help them run deep. And I never yeah. know if I'm like doing them a, you know, there, there are ROI increases. So I think I'm doing them a, a value by telling them that, but I wonder if I'm doing them a disservice because I'm sort of reinforcing this, you know, the, the tight sort of non-tournament behavior. <clears throat> yeah. I think also there, the, the, the two things on the bubble are different. Um, so in a tournament situation, if you are a big stack, you're going to take advantage of that, yeah. right? So if I'm the big stack at the table, I'm basically going to be raising almost every single hand. And then if you're the short stack, you're almost like trying to fold your way all the way through. Um, average stack in a World Series main event, saddle, uh, main event will be like 60 big blinds. A WPT will be 30. WSOP circuit will be about 20. A satellite could be as low as eight and mm -hmm. so you're not going to be playing them the same way. And so if they right. do try to play it the same way, they're going to get in trouble. Um, so you'll see a lot of people playing a satellite when they're like 15 big blinds away, suddenly get nervous. 
15 big blind yeah, people, oh, yeah. me, you, you're like golden, but they don't think that way. And I've seen people be like, oh, I'm getting short stacked. I'm like, what are you talking look, about? Look around, right? There's one, there's one scenario where um, it was a Heartland Poker Tour event, guy to my left, he was, every time the chip leader would bet, he would call. It was almost like absolutely every single time. And the long story short of it was, is one of the guys kept making fun of him because he was playing poorly. The guy had enough chips that he could just walk into a seat, but he just kept trying to go after the big stack. And he kept looking at me like, why is this guy making fun of me? It's ridiculous. Like he's out of the, he got knocked out of the tournament. He's like, he's out. I'm still in blah, 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 blah. So with like one or two people left to go, I had a little bit less than what the board said was the average stack, but based off of the big stack, effective average stack, I was higher than. I knew I was getting my seat. And so I just sat back and I was just kind of twiddling my thumbs. And this guy who's got like 40 big blinds is walking back and forth, like trying to make sure like, are we, we going to get our, like he's like biting his nails. Right, right. And I'm just sitting there kind of like, mm -hmm. and he comes back over because, hey, just so you know, over there, there's two or three short stacks. So you should be fine. And I didn't even flinch. I was like, thanks. I appreciate it. And blah, blah, blah. Anyway, we get our seat. Hey, hooray, everyone's all happy. I was, you know, I just said, hey, great, good job, guys. And then as we, we waited for like half an hour and the guy, he goes, hey, do you mind just asking a question? I go, yeah, sure, what's up? He goes, how come you weren't worried? Like you just sat there, like the world was like, it was fine. And I, I said, cause I was no way I wasn't getting my seat. And he goes, oh, how do you know that? And I said, for better or worse, I've played a few of these. And I kind of explained it. One guy chimed in. He goes, you know who this guy is? And he goes, no, I don't know who you And he explained who I was. He goes, oh, well, since you do know what you're doing, why don't you tell me what you thought about my game? And I literally said to him, I said, you want me to be honest? Or you want me just to tell you what you want to hear? He goes, no, I want, I want you to be honest. I go, well, I don't think you play that well. And he goes, what do you mean? I, want my, I go, sir, if you're going to get defensive, we can stop our conversation congratulations, you got your seat. You're, you're a superstar. Like, I mean, what do you want me to do? But if you want the honest truth, I can tell you, he goes, no, you calm down. He goes, okay, tell me the honest truth. So I told him exactly what I said. I said, why were you calling him every single time? He goes, because if I caught a one hand, I was going to bust him. And I said, and that's why you play badly. Like, why do you need to bust him? I don't understand. He goes, yeah, because I could bust him because he's playing too aggressively. I go, what are you trying to prove in a satellite? And when I explained the concept to him, it was literally as if I turned a light on his head. He goes, oh my God, I've never thought about that in a satellite. And ironically, I caught up with him at another Heartland two, two months later. And he say, he came up to me, he goes, do you know how many more satellites I've won because of that? I mean, it's unbelievable how differently I play now. And I just want to thank you for spending the time. So sure, no problem. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a paradigm shift. And I think it's, it's like a lot of things in life, you have right. to go through that paradigm shift, sometimes the hard way. Uh, to get to the point of actually uh, changing your behaviors. And so it sounds like you're helping people do that. So I know we're, we're just about out of time, but I want to touch a little bit on uh, fo folks, you know, obviously we got all kinds of people that play our home games every night. Uh, and every once in a while, uh, Mr. Somsky allows us to play a mixed game or forces us to play a mixed game, whichever way it looks like. And on occasion, uh, that mixed game is deuced to seven. And occasionally that means Bernard Lee is jumping in our home game and playing with us. And so I know you've told me it's your favorite game. I'm kind of curious, just give us a little, what do, what do you love about Deuce to Seven? What is it about that game that, that just kind of draws you? Yeah, so I wrote a column in ESPN uh, a while back that basically said, if, you, if your number one goal is to win a bracelet when you go to the World Series of Poker, and I'm going to be honest with you, that is my number one goal. My number one goal is to win, because Phil Gordon once said there are two types of poker players. One's with and one's without. Mm. We're talking bracelet, okay? Well, I thought it was a podcast. Yeah. Okay, no. it's bracelet. Okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, in today's world, more people have a podcast. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would trade I, it. <clears throat> but, uh, but to me, I want to jump over to the with column. And I've unfortunately missed out a couple times. I, For people who don't know, I've final table deuced to seven events three times in my career already. One of which I finished runner up, one I finished fourth, one I finished eighth. So an eighth was a 10K championship event. Um, so I wrote that column and said, if you really want to win a world series event, you're not going to win it. No limit. Hold them. 
I mean, some of you could be ridiculously lucky, but I'm not going to win a $3,000 person event. It's just not going to happen. Sorry. If it does, I will eat my words all day and night. Okay. That, uh, no problem. Yeah, I think you'll be okay eating a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I'll, I'll be fine for people to make okay, fun of me at that point. I'll go like, I'll time. go like this on my wrist and jiggle it and right. go like, Haha, make fun of me all you want. Right. That's fine. But the realistic version is to win a tournament with two, 300 people. I've won many tournaments, two, three, 400 people. I've won over 10 titles. Most of them have been under a thousand. A couple have been over a thousand, right? So if you're going to do that, what events are there? Well, they're the mixed game events, right? And so obviously there are people who are specialists in stud, stud, high, low, et cetera, et cetera. But if you want to get better, those are the events that you should focus your energy. Again, these are the people, if you, that's your number one goal and your only goal, Okay. For better or worse, I started playing Deuce of Seven. I tried it. I looked at it. And it just fits my style perfectly. It is really, if you look at it in No Limit Hold'em standpoint, it's basically pre-flop, flop. There's no turn, river, no, oh, let's keep the pot small and let's uh, try to slow play. Well, you got it? You don't? Let's go. You good at pre-flop? Pre-flop? I... In, back in 2005, the World Series main event was pre-flop. That's how it was played. There was no, let's keep the pot small, and then let's see what happens on the flop. And see, You want to get in? Let's get in now. And I'm going to tell you, I was really good at pre-flop. <laughs> I was, just for better or worse. I, I was pretty good. And I had to survive kings into ace-queen, things like that, right? That's what I had to survive. Deuce to seven just fits my game really, really well. Um, I've really worked on it. I've been very fortunate that I spoke with Billy Baxter for like three hours. And then just coincidentally, a couple of days later, guess who sits at my table and watches me play the entire day one? Billy Baxter. And I wrote down a bunch of hands and he and I had a conversation about, I mean, the number one low ball player in history not only was my mentor, but now watched me play and comments on my play. And by the way, says, and I'm not saying this to show up, but it was what gave me the confidence that I feel like I'm a good player in this game. He said, you are a natural at this game and you really have picked up the concepts very well. Keep working hard at this game. You'll get one one day. And that was like enough. When the number one player in yeah. low ball in history says that to you, that's enough. I'm going to work my tail off. And so I love the game. I think it's a really good game. Um, uh, I think, uh, you know, I, I really worked at it pretty hard. Ironically, in this COVID scenario, stars.net has it every two hours, which is ridiculous. And so I probably play it once or twice a day. And um, uh, I love it. I love, you know, I, I wait till it gets a little further along. I, I feel like I'm one of those whiz kids that just jumps on like, oh, who wants to play in the early levels? But <laughs> like, I, I just jump on. If I build a stack up, then I'm like, okay, let's go and play and see what happens. And I love getting to the final tables and, and uh, you know, whatever. I won a few of them. But they're well, we, we love when you jump in the home game. Now, I will say that in, in Rec Poker Nation, we have the people that have, are with and the people that are without and we're referring to bronze pins. Now, you don't have a bronze pin yet, Bernard. So I'm going to say- bron I don't know what a bronze pin is. What is so it? when you win a tournament at Rec Poker, you win yeah. a Rec Poker bronze pin. Now, Jim has a silver. He has one of the coveted silver pins. So uh, you're, I know you're still waiting for your to become with. And so maybe someday you'll win a, a Rec Poker pin. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you first, that would be great. But no offense, if I'm gonna have to win one in Deuce to Seven, let's wait till the World Series. Yeah, I'm trying to choose for you. I no, no offense, if I'm gonna have that one time, <laughs> right? That's the one time I'm gonna. Well, use. we want you to win, and we want you to win a pin at Rec Poker first, so that we can say we sort of on ramped you to the do the brace. <laughs> so, we'll see. Well, Whatever. Yeah. Like said, I'm ex I'm excited to get back and play the Deuce to Seven this summer. Um, you know, and. Uh, I feel like I've actually worked on a couple of interesting things on um, thing, but it was funny because the last time they had deuce to seven, I jumped on, I final tabled it. And then you had piped in going like, I'm not sure if people know, cause I don't go by Bernard Lee. I right. have my name that I used back in 2004, dog or nine. And uh, jokingly said, I don't know if you know this people, but that's Bernard Lee over sitting over there. And everyone's like, really? <laughs> it's kind yeah. of funny. <laughs> Mr. Somsky, what do you got for us? Well, I was just going to say that, you know, I've heard from a couple of people that the bronze pins may be even more coveted than 
a WSOP bracelet. But, you know, teach his own, I guess. <laughs> hey, hey, well, you, you do what you can. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, Bernard, a pleasure. I know we, we took a little bit more time than we said we would, but we, we love having you on the show and appreciate you. All the best with the book. So it is Poker Satellite Success, uh, D&B Publishing. Uh, if you can't find it for some reason, get a hold of us and we'll make the connection. Uh, but Bernard, just go, just go to Am, just go to Amazon. It's easy. Amazon, everywhere that you know, as they say, everywhere books are sold, you can find it. Yeah, well, find books. <laughs> buy the books. But it'll still be people will still say, Steve, I couldn't figure it out. Let me know, and that's fine. Uh, get a hold of me. We'll connect you. But BernardLeePoker.com for everything else that you're plugged in. Right, they, that's kind of a good a good hub. Yeah, for people. yeah you can follow me on Twitter, Bernard Lee Poker. Uh, I'm on Instagram. I have my own YouTube um, page now. We're, we're putting up a lot of people have asked to, to put up my um, my interviews. Um, and so we just start putting up my interviews on YouTube. And some people like listening to them on YouTube instead of listening to them on podcast. And hey, whatever works. You we know? have the same you, same thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, so if you enjoy it, then you might as well. So yeah, so um, Bernard Lee Poker is definitely the thing. And, um, you know, wish everyone the best again. If, if, if For Poker Satellite, if you are playing, ever play a satellite, first, the book is $25. You, you know, the, for, for $25 for the value of what you could win one satellite, even if you tried 10 times and you won one because of this book, it, it'll be worth it. Nice. Well, thanks so much and, and best of luck out of the series. If we don't connect before then, hopefully we'll see you out there uh, in three dimensions, uh, have a chance to share a beverage or whatever, but uh, best of luck this summer with the book out in Vegas, everything else you got going on. I appreciate it guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, All right. Thanks, there he Bernard. goes. There he goes. Bernard Lee guys. All right. So a little recap uh, what kind of stuck with you uh, there and then we'll get into some of the community happenings, Jim. I just like the idea uh, we're from similar generations, wherever fine books are sold is how that's supposed <laughs> to roll out there. Wherever fine books are sold is where you can As find As opposed to those book. other ones. Yeah, that's right. You don't want to go waste your time in those other places. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, anything else, guys, before we jump into the, the Chris? No, I just thought it's a really good conversation. It's really interesting to hear his thoughts about the, you know, the series and everything. And then I also just think like, um, you know, I think satellites are just this thing for recreational players. Like you kind of want to take a shot, but you don't, you're like, well, am I good enough? I don't want to spend a thousand dollars or $10,000 or whatever. And like getting good at satellites is, it's a different game. It's so worth the time to invest in learning it because my experience is that the field, just like Bernard was saying, treats them like normal tournaments mm -hmm. and that they they make a lot of mistakes and so kind of learning learning your way around them can be really valuable so i i, I would say go pick up this book because it seems it, you know like like he's talking about all the right things yeah i can't tell you how many times i've seen even it's more significant for rec players like 260 260 satellites to go play an 1100 where people have 40 big blinds with two three away from the bubble and they pumped it off because they got kings or they got ace king and I'm like wow like they just can't yep. it's, it's a different strategic mindset so I, I think it's important so whatever resource you need whether it's bernard's book get out there and play apply the things uh and, and improve your game that way and i do still think that that uh, the roi on qualifiers satellites is very very high uh, for recreational players mr washington yeah i like what you said earlier steve about uh rec poker players sometimes play really tight and then they get to a certain level, but they can never get past that. But that's the perfect mindset for a satellite. It's the perfect mindset for a satellite. And that's how I've been able to play in some of the, like the MSPTs, the 1100s, is because I've been able to satellite in. And of course, I, then I take the same satellite game to the MSPT and never do anything. So I don't know, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Right. Well, why don't we hear from hear from Jonathan Little, our sponsor, and then we'll jump into the community happening, Jim. So whenever you are ready, sir. Have you ever wondered whether you should call a preflop raise or three bet instead? What do you do when you have a flush draw? Do you raise it or do you just call? What do you do with ace king when you miss the flop? Are you tired of guessing about what the right play is with your particular hand? Well, my name is Jonathan Little, and I am a two-time World Poker Tour champion and creator of PokerCoaching.com, where we offer over a thousand interactive hand quizzes where you play a hand and then get real-time feedback from our world-class pros. Don't guess 
And don't stress, just register for your free account at pokercoaching.com slash recpoker right now. And for those of you who listen in on the podcast, just the audio version, it might be worth checking out our YouTube channel and listening to the advertisement on YouTube just so you can see Jim go through his, <laughs> go through his routine of Jonathan Little's commercial. I love it every single time. We do have a lot of fun with our, because we, we most of our listeners are on the audio version, but we record this all through video that you can see the guests come to the YouTube channel and check it out there. We have a lot of fun that you can't quite catch on if you're just watching, just listening. It's very, very true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I'm only one-fifth of the panel, so you <laughs> don't need to worry about it just getting too much there <laughs> we're just happy to have you on a video camera john. yeah i mean seriously like you're in live motion now john it's like the whole world has changed that's right <laughs> yeah if you're watching they're watching the old videos they just see very stoic john <laughs> this is true Kim yeah. rolling your eyes at the whole kim's world. rolling your eyes at the chat that's right <laughs> well mr softy what uh, what's happening in the world of home games well, we had our Mixed Game Championship Series on Wednesday, April 14th, five-card PLO. And none other than Gloves 1010, Colin yes. Anderson, got his very first Mixed Game Series victory. He's just an all-rounded killer. He's, yeah. he's not just winning yeah. No Limit now. He's on to Mixed Games. Look out. Look he is out, our John. player of the year leader in the No Limit Hold'em Series, I think, right oh, now. Oh, wow. Really? Wow. Wow. That's why we got him to host the Rockies last year. We knew he and Danny were onto something, and we got to get in on the ground floor for these guys. This is how we do it at Rec Poker Nation. We get in on the ground floor. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then also in big news, we had our Daily Series Tournament of Champions on April 12th, and Gibber 3, Jim Gibson, got yeah. his very first yes. Tournament of Champions system, which of course comes with the very coveted silver pin. Oh my, the gyms are uniting. I think that might be the first two first names we've had in there. I'm just so proud of gyms around the world for this moment. I just wanted yeah, to just and I wanted him to win so bad. I, Despite having qualified for that, I thought, well, I should just hurry up and get out of here like <laughs> within the first three or four players here so that you know, Jim can just have it and take it down. So well done. Well done. Was no bounds. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Then in our uh, daily series, John Letzi got his uh, first third nightly series tournament for the year. Uh, Bloop seven got hit. Mark Bloomberg got his second nightly series event. Go for boy TJM Taylor Moss won his third nightly series event now that i'm sorry to interrupt that that is back to back on twitch thursdays that's the twitch thursday right that moss went back to back on where he was right twitch streaming that. yep twitch streaming it i am i am very back. disappointed in all of rec poker nation <laughs> this cannot keep happening you talked about it last time this is my fault jonesy yeah. that i said good game to him when i thought he busted yeah. oh yeah started the whole so, thing well, I heard from his wife that they're actually having all of the doorways widened now <laughs> because he can no longer fit his head through the doors. <laughs> you know, so it's really becoming a problem. Yeah, um, yeah so, actually, yeah. so everyone... we're thinking about starting a GoFundMe, but instead, <laughs> beat him. That yeah. would be so much just easier. Just beat him. Like, and they, you... they just had to do that last year already. So, I mean, that's a real problem for the Moss household. No, no he no. did. Yeah, pretty much it's going to be all just, open spaces. He did just dislocate his shoulder. I don't know if you heard about that after patting himself on the back so much. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor, you got to come join us on the podcast, buddy. <laughs> he can't defend himself. He's not here. <laughs> I know. Yep. It's reopening, man. Let's go. Oh. Seriously, that's a pretty impressive feat. He's, he's a yeah. And so, and so we've got it all on video, too. We're going to put those videos out on our Twitch Thursday release so um, Rec Poker members can watch him hand by hand as he goes entirely through the tournament, destroying all Rec Poker Nation members that came in front of him. So uh, get, get some free learning. It's all free. At the, yeah, he's, that's he's also available on the Rec Poker YouTube channel. <laughs> well, and take notes on what he's doing so that you mm. can combat him specifically better. Yep. Yeah, I really think that would help us. I like that, John. We should maybe just have a, a Google Doc for all of us except Taylor to kind of share ah, our about Taylor. Smart. Maybe there needs to be a new study group that is just beat Taylor Moss. Ah, you know, 
I like food for thought. We'll think about it. <laughs> We're so running out of days. He's so good. Yeah, that we... he even giving him compliments in the chat. <laughs> that's right it's a good line though kim talent and luck is a deadly combination that's right some yeah. of us some of us only have one <laughs> yeah and some of us have neither but it doesn't stop us from having fun. you got the looks man so you got the whole package <laughs> okay then april 16th pcs 2005 yes jack, LaRue jack. Got his oh second that's nightly great event. uh then none other than Wreck Poker Steve won a on a tear. Event. <laughs> yeah, he is on a roll. I had to get lucky. I had a pet vet and Rob Adsum captain a walleye were the final three. And I tell you, the deck had to hit me in the head to, to beat those. That, that was tough, man. Those guys are seriously. You, you talk about playing these home games to learn how to play. Like we do it for fun, right? I mean, we're doing it for fun, but oh my God, my game is getting better just playing against people like that. And that was. That was tough, man. It was fun, but tough. Yeah, and and I, I can I can attest to that because I get a text message from Steve every once in a while as as he's in the final table and he's getting down. And he sent me this message of uh, uh, him and Rob and Kim at the final table, the last three, and he was like, "I help me. <laughs> this is going to be a tough one. This is going to be a tough one." <laughs> That's great. Then we had uh, John Lutzi won his second yes. mixed event for the daily oh, mixed practice event. Wow. And then Spot Conlon, Daniel Kennedy, nice. got his first international event for the daily series. Evil Roy CA won his second international event for the daily series this year. Evil Roy, you're going to have to put your name out here if you keep winning uh, tournaments like this. We need so and I'm just going to spoil it. They're Canadian. So I'm just saying we want some more of this Canadian love out there, Evil Roy. Share yourselves with us. No, we're saving all this money by not having to send pins there. (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) That's a good point. Well, yeah, probably earned quite a few of them at this point. (laughs) Then on April 8th, GF Hawk Eric Romo won the Learn Pro Poker event for the Daily Series. And you can contact none other than our very own Jim Reed. Send an email to him. And he will get you hooked up with a free month of Learn Pro Poker. That's right. And also, if uh, Ryan LaPlante is playing in the tournament on Sunday and you take out him uh, in the tournament, so if you eliminate PLO potential, uh, you'll also win a month at uh, LPP. So just email me, Jim, at rec.poker, and we'll take care of you. And I know one, one of the people already had an LPP membership, right? So they just kind of give you a free, they extend your membership or something, right? So Yeah, they actually, no, they actually credit you your last month. It's, it's money right back in your hands. So uh, there you go. They are wonderful folks over there at LPP, Ryan, the plant and KL and that whole crowd. Uh, so it's, a, it's such a pleasure to be working with them. Great folks. Well, Mr. Somsky, anything else in home games? Anything else with the results or uh, anything else that we should know about structurally? No, I think we're uh, all up to speed amazing man i keep looking at the numbers of people that are playing it's, it's so fun it's so fun man thank you for all your work on that deal oh no problem mr jonesy seminar world or otherwise content related things what's going on yeah i mean so uh we're gearing up right? yeah i think we might be ready to reveal something so uh gearing up for may may is going to be our normal seminar form format uh, we're going to be looking at data and leaks. We're going to be looking at Poker Tracker and Shark Scope and Hendon Mob and ROIs and ways to sort of like look at your game um, across all the different ways that you track it and find ways to uh, to like find improvement. Um, and I think it's a really valuable skill uh, to sort of like understand where you where you are and where you're headed and where your goals are and all that kind of stuff. So it should be a really uh good conversation uh kind of to cap off um this kind of normal uh seminar format but we are going to start to try something different in june and i am and speaking of satellites we're going to start by because our original june uh topic was satellites so we're going to keep that theme going but we um are partnering with uh, an organization called poker now uh, and they allow us to basically create um, a, a game where we can manage it and we can have uh, uh, people uh, on the core team watching the hands as they're played live, uh, talking about them without the players being able to see it. 
So uh, we're going to be able to, all the whole cards are going to be exposed. We're going to be able to give the players uh, in the game sort of scenarios, and then we're going to be able to talk about them uh, without the players being able to hear us, but we'll record all of that. Um, and then we'll come back and at any point we can kind of stop and pause the game and have a conversation across everybody. We can talk about a specific hand, a specific situation, and we can also set up all these scenarios. And we're also probably going to be throwing in some, um, some core team members to be kind of like flies in the ointment. We're going to give them some special instructions uh, to play maybe a style, you know, like you think you know how Taylor plays, but if Taylor's playing in the seminar, he might be playing quite different. And you're going to have to sort of adjust to how he's playing based on the instructions he's getting. And I think it's going to be a fantastic way for us to both build community. You'll be able to see each other on video as you're playing. Um, and we'll be able to like have conversations about how we're playing in real time. Um, so I, I, I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to be, uh, and we're going to keep keep the theme going with having sort of different different aspects that we're talking about each month. But it's going to be a little bit more uh, interactive in a way for for our whole membership to engage. And, and so each month we'll we'll bring in some members uh, to to play in that in that game. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask, uh, just for clarity on the, on the folks that are saying, man, I want to be a part of that thing. I want my game either, you know, analyzed, assessed, or whatever. This is something potentially available for premium members, right, to to, be, to participate in one way or the other. They can all, can they attend the seminar? Is that still closed to? Uh, that's all pre premium as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. You can, and and the, the months where you're not be able to play, you can still come and watch. So, um so all premium members will be able to have access to this either the recording or the or the live viewing um but the um the 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 and the play will be something uh that we're just taking i think jim's figuring that piece out about which which members are going to be able to play when right yeah there are some technical requirements so we've started a forum post in the monthly seminar group that's just for people to post their interest it's on may 24th if you're free on may 24th and if you're a premium member at rec.poker just reply to that post and uh, chris and i'll reach out and make sure that everyone's got the right system set up and that kind of thing and then yeah we're going to be doing it on the fourth monday of every month uh, in our normal seminar recording slot and it's just great to be back into this kind of like interactive learning you know it's how it's, it's how communities learn best it's i know it's right in steve's blood um from how he created this thing in his own image so i'm really looking forward to this layer yeah that i was gonna say that that's what i love about this thing it's the morphing of, and we're a vibrant and encouraging poker learning community which is it's poker learning don't don't mistake it we're trying to learn poker we're trying to get better we're trying to crush our home games and the mid-majors and eventually the WSOP and the online stuff. Like that's what we want to do. But community is the other piece of it. And I think it, it's great, you know, that we have both sides of the thing, but when we can morph them together and start learning together in the context of community, I think that to me, that's gold. And that's sort of one of the things that sets us apart. It's not for everybody, uh, but it's different than just watching videos. You're now watching them with your buddies, with your friends, with the people that are going to challenge you and have different perspectives and, you know, kind of sharpen each other. And I, I just love that. And I think, Kudos to you guys. And I know, you know, Chris and Jim were involved in this and kind of tracking down which software there are some different options and finding out which one worked. And this poker now seems like that's going to be the solution for us to, to really increase our learning. But just how much fun is it going to be to sit there and have that either be on either side of it? I think that's yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it is a slick program. Uh, Samuel from Poker Now did a really good job putting it together. And, and much like yourself, Steve, it's been like a passion project for him built out of his love for poker. He's done a lot of it by himself. And so we're, we're I, I know, you know, we're going to have money uh, podcast in a, in a few weeks and I get his story too. So it's, it's a great combination. Love it. Well, anything else on the content side seminar or otherwise, Chris? I guess it looked like he had something. Yeah. yeah, I'll just jump in. We, we were, you know, me, I can't keep my mouth shut for more than 30 seconds. Is someone else talking? Sorry, sorry, I'm needed here. Um, uh, we were talking about Jim Gibson winning the tournament of champions, and that's that coveted uh, silver pin. Um, he was also using Poker Tracker for that tournament. And so when we do our online review and hang at the end of the month, we're actually going to be using uh, Poker Tracker to go through every hand of the final table. And we'll go street by street and analyze the play of everybody that was at that final table. So if, um, and this is not, not just for premium members, for any member 
that plays in the final table. Part of the perk of getting to that final table, you get to join the panel. We're going to go street by street through every hand, and we're going to break it down. We're going to get some real good feedback on uh, on Jim's play and on some of the other players that were there. So I'm really looking so forward cool. to that. I'm just smiling because the technology just allows this stuff to happen, and then cool people like you figure out how to use that into and making it into learning together. That's so awesome. And I'm just so thrilled for Gibber. I mean, he's somebody I just met recently through Rec Poker. And, you know, he's been working hard on this game. He was part of the Fareed course. Yeah. You know, worked hard on that thing. And he's been winning these things. And now to win the silver TOC thing, that's a pretty big deal for in our in our neck of the woods. Um, so hats off to Gibber for, for working hard on all that stuff. Cheers. Great. Mr. Washam, what's the book study update? Well, we're doing a book study on uh, Modern Poker Theory by Michael Acevedo. We do it on the first and third Wednesdays of each month at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. Now, if you haven't been part of it yet, no problem. We have all of the earlier sessions are recorded and available for premium members on the website. So you can get caught up to where we are um, by the time you hear this, we'll have had our third session. So you could get caught up with the three sessions. And like so many people have said, COVID is going to be long gone by the time we finish <laughs> diving into this book because it is very intense. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of discussion, a lot of rabbit holes. We're having a gas. I love it, man. <laughs> it's so much fun. And there's so many things that we just can't have time to talk about all the details of it all. But seriously, guys, go, go to rec.poker. Look at all the stuff that's out there. I mean, it's crazy. And we don't expect anybody to do any of like, like all of it. Like I'm not doing all of it. You guys aren't doing all of it. But the beauty is there's enough there to find what you love in the way that you love to learn and build community that, that you'll find something you love to do. If you want to just play in the home game, then hang out on Zoom with everybody Tuesday nights. If you want to watch Taylor play on Twitch Thursday nights. I mean, there's stuff going on all the time. Jim has done so much work on the calendar side of this thing to make it very easy to use, very interactive. So go, go out there uh, and, and find out what you want to do and engage with the thing. But it's just, it, we're having a ball. We're having a ball, man. Come hang out with us. I think we're the best kept secret in poker. I'm going to stand by that a little bit. Uh, and that's okay <laughs> if we stay small or we're not even small, we're, we're growing, but like, you know, we're having so much fun. Like, I don't want too many people in this thing. Like there's too much fun. Right. <laughs> I think that, no, Steve, you say it, you say it best. I always forget this, but the, the best thing you've ever said is it's not for everybody. Because it's only for people who want to come, be serious about learning, but also have a freaking fantastic time yeah. and enjoy other people's company and like make friends. And it sounds crazy, but in the poker world, that's actually not everybody. There's mm -hmm. a bunch of people out there in the poker world that I think would be terrible fits at Rec Poker. Right. And I hope they never find out about it because it'll save us the time of having to kick their butts out afterwards. <laughs> but for all those nice, friendly folks that want to come and be serious, love the game, have a great time, get better, do it together with respect for everybody. This is the place to be. And I can't wait to come come and join us love it love it love it love it anything else that we need to share guys say heads head shaking all right cool we'll wrap it up there but yeah i guess one more quick thing discord if you like to rail like these virtual rails i talked about it last time there's so many people that are playing online and they're they're out on discord talking about their success and now there's been a really a ton of engagement people like keith brandt and and chris is out there taylor's out there collins out there doug's out doug barons is out there rob's out there uh rob Adams out there quite a bit like it, it's so much fun uh to follow these guys and, and what's going on and somebody's making a deep run and like everybody's like oh man go on you got this you got this and so it's just another thing to do and if you want people railing you put your stuff out there and and uh we'll be we'll, we got your back we'll, we'll root you all the way there but but with that, uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, check out rec.poker. Uh, sign up for the newsletter. It's a great way. You get the weekly twerk this week in rec poker. Uh, but I want to thank Bernard Lee, man, a wonderful guest. Thanks to the panel. Uh, thanks to all the members that jumped on here to watch us. Uh, thanks to Running Aces Casino, Racetrack, and Hotel, Website Amp, everybody else that's a part of this thing. You guys, uh, thanks for just letting us have so much fun. Uh, playing the game.